I guess I would say um, the way you felt when you were younger doesn't have to be the way your kiddo feels about finances. Um, and it's kind of up to you to have those conversations and um, take, take agency over that, mm -hmm. I guess. We talk a lot about breaking generational curses or cycles. I think this is one that's very doable to break. It's an easier cycle to break than a lot of other issues that we come across. So uh, I just think just to keep that in mind, challenge yourself if this is at all an uncomfortable or struggle um, for this conversation, that it's important to break that, that, uh, that cycle. Like Kennedy was just saying, just because it was or is your issue, your curse, doesn't mean that it has to be the same for your children. Welcome to Critical Thinking Required, hosted by LBW. This podcast is intended for free thinkers, entrepreneurs, and knowledge seekers. Join us as we discuss relevant financial topics, explore with guests their financial journeys, and engage with experts in industries such as space, media and entertainment, real estate, and many more. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome to Critical Thinking Required. I'm Kennedy, your host today, and you may recognize Dan. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about um, finances and relationships. Specifically today, we're going to focus on parent-child relationships. Um, so a lot of the population we work with are first-generation wealth, um, and so a lot of us are still developing our relationship with wealth. Um, there's often all kinds of like negative feelings associated with talking about this kind of stuff, but it is really important to have conversations about it, especially with our kids. So wanted to talk a little bit about our personal experiences with finance and then jump into the rest. So Dan, would you like to tell us a little bit about how finances were discussed in your family growing up? I think we could start there, Kennedy. And I'm really excited we're talking about this conversation. It's a starting point from a financial education piece for everybody, and um, it's really not there, right? Uh, the goal of, of ours is to provide education, and we know it's not happening in the household for various number of, of reasons. Uh, so I think my experience growing up with finances was very similar to what we see from a lot of the people we talked to, practically non-existent. Uh, so there was tons of math growing up. My mother, as many people who watch this know, was a math teacher for many years. So we had math thrown at us all the time, which helps later on in life when it comes to finances. But we didn't talk about finances directly. And so growing up, for us, having spent so much of our childhood um, not having money and, and having uh, issues, fears, conflicts with money, definitely did not help spring on that conversation and it clearly shaped us and so as Kennedy you mentioned like we're going to be talking about uh, some other relationships and how they relate to money as well but it makes sense to start here because this impacts others whether it's a romantic relationship whether it's eventually the tables turn perhaps it's a relationship where where children are talking to parents as they age about finances maybe it's in a business setting but it all starts from the ground floor here which is which is your your childhood mm -hmm. um so for me i mean i definitely remember and this is this is true for most children roughly around the ages of six to seven on average they start realizing uh other people's belongings what they have relative to other people and i think that that might be one of the first like understandings children have when it comes to finances subconsciously 
So and I remember probably being around that age and feeling the, the same way um, as well. But for me, it wasn't really until those early teenage years where I realized what we didn't have. And, and that's, that is probably one of the largest reasons as to why people don't have these conversations with their children is because they don't feel like they have anything to talk about yeah. or they themselves aren't comfortable with finances. They're overwhelmed. It's been a negative or a taboo concept for them. Therefore, the conversation in their mind maybe shouldn't happen. Right. So we're hoping to push in this podcast the idea of just because that was your experience growing up doesn't have to be your children's experience. It could be a, a healthier, uh, with more, with a more deliberate, more you know, more direction conversation when it comes to when it comes to money. Yeah. How about you? Um, so I think I had a pretty similar experience. Um, we didn't talk a whole lot about money growing up. Like I, my my parents did push like you know in terms of money, you spend it on bills, foods, and then fun kind of thing. So I definitely had that in my mind. Um, but also we didn't really discuss it because we didn't really have any finances. And I think that like on some level, you know, there's some level of shame there. Um, and I think maybe as well, the knowledge just wasn't there. So maybe we didn't discuss it because they didn't know how to talk about it kind of thing. I didn't really start learning more about like the finances of my family until like high school. Um, how, how has it impacted you growing up? I wish I knew more. <laughs> I wish I had had like more framework pardon me framework to build upon um because i feel like i started learning all of that stuff and like honestly even like college kind of thing and, and afterwards even um so i just wish like we would have been able to like have those conversations but also like i think the means to have them just wasn't there like the language and the the, the just the knowledge um so you can't really teach what you don't know per se you know so it, it, it's funny when i look back at it uh now that it, it, i can track things that I did in my adolescence from what my experiences were before that when it came to money. Like for example, I, when I went to college, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I was so afraid of debt. Yeah. So I remember I got a credit yeah. card my freshman year, my first credit card was a Capital One Quicksilver card. <laughs> um, I still have it actually, uh, because you don't want to close your longest line of credit people if you can help it. So, uh, so I still have this card. I don't use it, but it's there. And I got it because, uh, you had a free brewer shirt. <laughs> if you signed up my freshman year, I distinctly remember. Probably still have that shirt too. And um, uh, but I, but I was so scared to use it. I, I didn't yeah. really start using credit until post college, mm -hmm. which um, my good friend Tommy Jones always used to give me a hard time about this because, uh, and he was right. Um, it, credit is so important for young adults, definitely coming out of school when they have to go get a car, perhaps or. You know, employers are looking at it or they want their first home. And uh, that's the only reason why I eventually kind of caved in and started doing it. Mm -hmm. But I was so scared. I mean, I just paid it off every time I used it. I mean, even now I pay it off multiple times throughout the course of a month because I don't yeah. want to pay a cent of interest. Uh, but growing up, not having a healthy relationship with dad and having it seeing it negatively impact my family really scarred me as a child, not understanding, even though I was a student of finance, not understanding really what the impact was and that there were feelings about it. Or I remember being younger than I remember being in high school and I was just not having a lot. So um, I was so afraid to lose whatever I had and we never talked about that. So I had this concept of delayed gratification, which delayed gratification, um, something that Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger talk about all the time, 
is a really important concept mm -hmm. for children to learn. Like you don't need, especially in a society of instant gratification, it's great to save and it's great to hold, but anything could be to an extreme. I wouldn't buy anything, right? I, I socked away every cent that I possibly could and never bought a thing for myself. That's no different today, actually. I really don't. <laughs> I won't buy things for myself. It's, true. it's very We're true. We're always begging Dan to buy things for himself. Yeah, and it, and it, go, and it goes back to childhood. It goes back to the spirit, not kind of like talking it through and, and being comfortable with it and really worried about, you know, worried, worried about loss on it, right? Um, so... It's uh, it's interesting because this is exactly what we're trying to say. It's like these things that are not taught, you're gonna learn it from somewhere or someone. So it's still taught. Best be the parent that probably grabs that bull by the horns and does something with it, because or, or else you you know you you just kind of kind of learn. I mean, I had saved for years um, as a teenager, and I will never forget going to buy my first car. Mm -hmm. Right, that's what I was gonna save for. I was gonna get a car. And uh, I'd saved all this money for it. And I went to go buy the car. I had a joint account with my father. And I went to go buy the car. And there was no money in the account. And I remember, I remember asking my dad, Dad, where's my money at? And his response was, the, the business had a hard year. And he took all my money that I'd been saving for probably five, six years that I'd been saving for a car. So, like, these are things that we didn't talk about. And we're going to touch on that, too, when it comes to, like, the business and family meetings and stuff like that, too. Because that event's very, very hurtful. I learned something from that, but it's probably not what you really want to learn, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a rough one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like lost <laughs> in the empathy of Dan showing up <laughs> at the car place and oof. I'm sure that you had experiences too that weren't taught to you that led to where you are now and that uncomfortability that you mentioned earlier in the podcast with finances that you know i think there's a lot of embarrassment yeah i think like um when i was a kid i got like in trouble for spending money <laughs> i remember specifically like there was a school dance like i saved up like all my quarters kind of thing i think i had like i don't know 15 dollars in quarters or something um it was like the middle school dance and i like bought a bunch of candy bars and i think you know upon thinking like i actually had been told not to spend all of my money but i mean i did it was my money <laughs> um but even like you know as in the situation we were kind of in growing up, even like that $15 spending it all like recklessly, it was um, not the move we shall say. And I feel like now, um, I, I don't know, I, I really like spending things on the things I want. And I think I definitely, um, I don't know, that impacted me uh, growing up. Um, and I definitely felt like really embarrassed afterwards because I, I felt like I'd done something wrong, even though it was my money. But again, I was like 12. So it's not really your money when you're 12, is it? Yeah, there's shame with it. I mean, I, I, I have, uh, I have an ex relationship where I remember her saying that uh, growing up, like she got a lot of guilt, um, not intentionally, but also just didn't have any money, and so spending anything was like, oh, we could have used it for this. Yeah. Um, so, some of these lessons are cultural, right? Whether it's good, bad, or <laughs> different, but. Um, Growing up, like in a Jewish household, mm -hmm. um, money I think is actually talked about generally more so than perhaps other cultures, or at least I should say, advancement of career and resources, which 
making the money to be able to, to do that. So that's disgusting. It, it is. And I think that like that, like I also remember as a child leaving school, I wanted to join the military. Um, and I never did. Uh, but, uh, but I remember too, like getting a lot of like family, like, no, you need to, you need to go do this mm-hmm. and take on this career and that career, which ultimately leads to more lucrative careers, um, often be the case. So, you know, it, it takes, it just takes very different forms, but the lessons are there. They're being taught. You just want to construct them maybe differently. Like the cycle of socialization. I'm a sociology major. We talk about that all the time. We've got all kinds of information from like TV, from religion, from our parents, from anywhere we go, essentially, like these, these messages are being communicated. And even if we don't consciously think like, oh, I'm going to think this way about finances, it kind of like wiggles its way in your brain. That's socialization for you. Luckily, though, in sociology as well, there's something called the cycle of liberation, uh, where we break out of that cycle of socialization. And that's, I think, what we're doing here, that education of the the finances like talking about this stuff even when it's hard even when it's like embarrassing i'm kind of embarrassed talking about it right now but it's still an important conversation to have you know it is especially when it's misunderstood the only thing you can do is talk about it a lot of times people will ask um uh, all of us what we find is the most missed concept of Mm -hmm. finance like they can throw you a million things um but usually towards the top of my list i often talk about a lack of awareness or enough awareness but I'm going to pick on Tim. Usually at the top of Tim's list, it's uh, not understanding the value of the dollar. Mm-hmm. Adults, children, not understanding that. And I think that that's, uh, he's, I mean, he's right. Tim's typically right. Uh, so You heard it here first. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah and so, it, you know, when I look at like my daughter, for example, and what I want Leora to, and we had, I was sitting in a circle this weekend and someone said to me, you know, like, well, how do you get your children to engage in finance? I mean, every child is obviously different, um, but there are ways to do it. So we would suggest start small. You don't, you don't need to like sit your child down at a desk and start explaining how the stock market works. I don't think most adults understandably could do that. Um, you don't got, you don't have to start there, but just understanding like what, what X, Y, and Z provides, right? The values behind it start with the values, not the numerical components of it. Talk about what it looks like, maybe uh, what income versus expenses are. That may not work for a six-year-old, but it could for a ten-year-old, right? So, what does that look like? What does it mean to budget, and why? Why do we do that? Uh, having conversations that are family-oriented goals are important. If you're looking for this trip, but we're not going to go do maybe this because we're looking to do this. Mm-hmm. There is sacrifice, but it can be healthy sacrifice. It can be leading to a joyful outcome, a healthy outcome. So having those family conversations is, is really important. There, there was a, a survey that I was looking at yesterday as we were talking about doing this podcast today. And uh, it, it's five years old, but I think it's still relevant. It's a T. Rowe Price survey from 2017. And, uh, you know, it talked about 69% of households, they, they don't have this conversation because they just don't, they don't feel comfortable having the conversation. Yeah. I, I'm actually surprised. I thought it'd be higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like 23%, it stated, we'll have this conversation on a fairly frequent ba- uh, part, but that's it. So uh, that, that's not a lot. So yeah. having the conversations, talking about what this is, I, I always find that placing this 
equals this, like giving them the concept, if you want this toy, it's this, and this toy is this, and what is less and what is more helps um, in having those conversations. I also think that charity is a really big tool to use when it comes to teaching your children, right? That if we go back to that whole what, what people have and what they don't have kind of deal, um, you know, it's, it's it, to me, it, first of all, I think giving charity and both Kennedy feel the same way is extremely important. But doing that and showing your child that this is what this person doesn't have because they don't have these resources. And this is what you actually get them by giving them this much or this much is a fantastic lesson that gets provided while you're really giving somebody some needed help. Yeah. So really would stress that you incorporate that and some of the, uh, the education. Um, so speaking of Leora though, like mm -hmm. thinking about like how you um, learned about finances as a kiddo and like how you felt about that, what changes do you want to make for Leora? Like how do you want Leora to feel when talking about these things? Well, I want her to feel open mm -hmm. first, first and foremost. So to eradicate this concept that money is evil or money is taboo or we shouldn't talk about it. Right. I want her to feel comfortable with that. To what you were saying, Katie, I also want to be able to spend some of her money, right? right? Just because I can't do it, just because, you know, and I never will, right? The joke here always is that I will always have a poor man's mentality regardless. We'll work on it. It's always going to be the case. It's just what it is. You know, like, I don't, that doesn't mean it has to be her mentality. Right. So that's where I think having conversations about allowances, um, you know, saving money, how to allocate cash is really important. If she has X amount, you know, I kind of want her to start figuring out her mind. How much do I want to do here? How much do I want to hear here to build uh, a framework uh, where the Nathaniel loves so much to really apply some of these skill sets? Right. I think that's a great start. Um, bringing her to the bank. Yeah, I still go to the bank. No, a lot of people don't go to the bank anymore. But I think that's great too, just to kind of like be, be in there. Like, and, and then having different, um, not to get technical in this podcast, but different levels of, of, of uh, avenues to save. You know, like Leora has a 529 college savings plan, right? She's a little young, but at some point I want to talk to her about that, how that works and why it does that and and so on, right? Why it's important, right? I, I was lucky to have financial aid cover most of my education. It's not likely going to be her situation. I want to understand why we're doing this, why it's important, right? Um, to have a conversation about, you know, why she has a custodial account and why we put X, Y, and Z. I want her to actually make those deposits is uh, our cake as that might be these days so that she feels like the pride of putting away money. And then I want her to spend some of it so she doesn't have to feel like she's in trouble like Kennedy had to feel. Yeah, wouldn't recommend. No. Um, but sooner rather than later, instead of you going to Leora to talk about these things, Leora's probably gonna be coming to you to talk about these things. What gems of wisdom do you think you're going to share? Like, what do you think that that's going to look like? Because that's going to be a change. It is going to be a change. Yeah. Nah, there's a couple of them. Okay, you mean like as she becomes a teenager? Or you yeah. Mean, as I become an old dude. Well, I mean, yes. Both. Both. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, as a teenager, I think, too, she's, we're, then we're really going to see what this looks like, right? Like, oh, I want to take this trip. That's where I think we're going to come. Okay, well, what are you going to put towards the trip? <laughs> She's going to contribute something. That's the way that's going to go. I don't, it doesn't matter what financial situation is. I want her to have ownership right. of what she spends her money on. 
I would be very happy to help in any way I can. I think there's a lot of parents that want to do that. There's no right or wrong way to do that. I think that's where you or if you have a partner should talk about how much you want to put away for things like school or what you want to pay for. A lot of times when we ask that question, people are like, I haven't thought about it. Yeah. Um, but it can, it's, you know, children are expensive. Mm -hmm. So um, they're worth it, but they're expensive. So, um, you know, I want to invest in that conversation, invest in her, invest in that conversation with her so we could talk about it. Like, how do you use dad? Um, right. As soon as she can, uh, there's two things that are going to be like, as a teenager, she's going to get hit with right away. One of which is going to hit her with her having a credit card or at least being an authorized user or some sort, because I want her to get in the habit of using that appropriately and understanding how to properly leverage debt so that she's set and doesn't, you know, doesn't, she's, you know, sustainable herself right. um, to be able to do that. Now, as like, I continue to get older, which seems to be happening faster and faster these days. Um, that's where I think, which we'll get into a deeper podcast. I think we should at least Thank you. stay tuned. Yeah. I think on how the tables eventually turn. Yeah. So before we get there, here's what's often missed. And this is on adults, um, is we don't talk about estate planning. And, and that's a whole other topic that we'll hit on as well, too, in a different podcast. But uh, like those conversations are closely tied to money because I, I think there's also a balance when it comes to children, which we've had as many families on what it looks like once I'm gone, uh, once her, her mother is gone. What does that mean for assets for her? And that can be a very touchy conversation. We've, we've, uh, we've had... We've had couples be like, well, I don't want my child to know because um, because maybe there is a lot of money coming down there. They don't want it to influence their, their children's actions. I'm very sensitive to that, too. Um, you know, they don't want that child to feel spoiled or they don't want that child to be a target because someone else knows the assets that they have. Right. So this is very sensitive. I'm not I'm not Kennedy's not saying like we should that you should tell your child everything. But just that you should be thoughtful about it and so on. And like, hey, like this is what happens. This is regardless of what that money, again, focus on the values. This is what we would like you to do with, with X, Y, and Z. Um, a tool that I've seen with people's estate planning that I think is beautiful is like writing a, a mission statement, like basically a love note in your estate planning on like what you want the child to do if you were gone and like what it means to you and how much you've sacrificed on this and what you hope to get out of it. I think it's extremely important in the entire entire life of the, you know of your child to talk about what money means to you. It may mean something different to them, but money means different things to everybody. So I think these are really more advanced conversations that really you should see in the teenage plus years, figuring out how to do that, why that estate planning is important. Um, it's not just about assets. So that, that's the other thing that, that Laura is going to wake up one day is when she turns 18, she, she wakes up and looks at her nightstand, power of attorney forms sitting on her nightstand. And she's not leaving the house until she fills, fills that stuff out. Because at that point, as a parent, I don't have any more ability to step in and help her if something uh, you know were to happen to her. So you know, she's going to know about these things first. She'll know what that is when she wakes up. And it's a different kind of tooth fairy, but that's going to be there. So um, these are things I think like in that middle part. And then eventually, and this is the podcast that we're alluding to, eventually the tables turn, right? Like um, we, we all get in older. So eventually I think and this is, this is maybe even more difficult. At some point, the children have to go to the parents and talk about finances because at some point a lot of these parents need help especially when facing long-term care needs so uh it's very difficult because 
the, the role changes and it's like you feel like the child is what we've seen and that's the parent and it's super hard after yeah. raising a child for 70 perhaps plus years but um i think parents need to be open to that at that point and i think if you can build this healthy communication on finances at a younger age i think it does set you up to having a better conversation later on in life when you need it yeah, I mean, that makes sense. The groundwork is already laid, right? There's less shame associated with having these conversations because you've been working on it. You've been doing it. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, you know, with that, we should probably wrap up. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you, Kim. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this was a great idea. She has great ideas. Um, what, uh, what, um, what lasting thoughts do you kind of have on, on the subject matter, feelings, thoughts you, you want to share? Yeah, I guess I would say um, the way you felt when you were younger doesn't have to be the way your kiddo feels about finances. Um, and it's kind of up to you to have those conversations and um, take take agency over that, mm -hmm. I guess. But it's doable. It's just hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what about you, Dan? Any final thoughts? Uh, we talk a lot about breaking generational curses or cycles. I think this is one that's very doable to break. It's an easier cycle to break than a lot of other issues that we come across. So uh, I just think just to keep that in mind, challenge yourself if this is at all an uncomfortable or, or struggle um, for this conversation, that it's important to break that, that, uh, that cycle. Like Kennedy was just saying, just because it was or is your issue, your curse, doesn't mean that it has to be the same for your children. Like and subscribe. Thank you for taking the time to start your journey of thinking differently and listening to LBW talk about stuff they love. Until next time. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual on any specific security on any specific broker-dealer or custodian. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments, broker-dealer or custodian may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own and do not reflect the opinion of Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC. Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC unless a client service agreement is in place.